Well, hi again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Behind the Bench. I'm John Kelly. Tonight's show brought to you by Boardwalk Hardwood Floors. Boardwalk has great floors for every home. With better selection, better value, and the best service, visit a showroom in Crestwood, Manchester, or St. Peter's, or online at boardwalkhardwood.com. Again, with the coach, Craig Berube. The Blues, of course, in the midst of their all-star break. Tonight is a big night at Enterprise Center. It's the skills competition, and tomorrow night, it's the NHL all-star game. Of course, the Blues will have four players involved, and, of course, the head coach, Craig Berube. And, Coach, uh, obviously, it's an exciting time here in St. Louis for hockey fans, for Blues fans, but also for Blues uh, members of the Blues organization, including yourself. It should be a great weekend. Yeah, it's, it's going to be awesome. Um, you know, we're we're fortunate we're, we we have it here in St. Louis. We got four players that are going to represent our team, which is awesome. Uh, you know, I'm really happy for them, and they well, well deserved. They played really well, and um, you know, the fans and the people here are really going to enjoy it. I think this town's pretty uh, pumped up with hockey going back to last year, so it'll be fun. Coach, I know that uh, you told me last week off the off the record, off the air, that you had been in All Star games in the minors. But I guess this is your first uh, All Star game in the NHL. Yeah, my first in the NHL. Um, so uh, I'm very fortunate. I I mean, you, you get in because you have a good team and and you're in a good spot. So that's that's the players. They did a great job, and uh, I'm fortunate I get to to be one of the coaches. So I'm looking forward to it. It's uh, quite an honor. All right, we'll talk a bit more about the All-Star game and the weekend a bit later in the show. Meanwhile, you mentioned your club and a great start. Obviously, the defending cup champions now with 30 wins. Coach, you have 68 points in first place in the West, a six-point lead over Colorado, a 10-point lead over third-place Dallas. Um, Is it fair to say you're happy with the first half? Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, we the guys have been really focused for me. Um, obviously, there's a little bit ups and downs, but that's normal. But our focus has been really good. We played real good hockey, I think, with the injuries and things like that. We've had a lot of guys that stepped up in different situations and, and played well for us. So, uh, so far, things are going well. We just got to keep going. Of course, it's your first full year behind the Blues bench after taking over last November. Has anything surprised you so far in the first half? Not, not so much surprise, but, uh, you know, I've been very uh, happy with, like, the energy of our team and uh, um, just... You know, even from training camp, I found very motivated team, um, and that's not surprising. But you know, you could have came in this year as a team and been not as motivated, winning the cup, uh, long season. But you know, the motivation of our team is at a high level, I think, and that's that's a little bit surprising. But it's very, you know, I'm very happy about it. Coach, I know that um, we talked to you earlier this year, and, and you've been on the record numerous times talking about what you did this summer, talking to coaches who had won cups in the past, including your great friend Rick Tockett and, of course, Ken Hitchcock, and they had some advice for you coming into the year. Were they on the mark, and uh, are things going according to what they said? Yeah, I mean, they, a lot of the stuff they said is happening. Um, you know, I think um, Hitch said it best. He goes, you know, you're going to want to really – coach these guys and they're not going to want to be coached right away so he says you got to just be patient and he's right like you know they they know how to win and they know what to do and uh they're not always going to play the way you want them to play but they know how to win games and that's important um i don't still i believe we haven't played our best hockey yet this year 
um, I believe it'll come. And, um, you know, we're going to have to when it, when it gets down to the stretch and into the playoffs. Yeah, you said you know how to win hockey games and your record in the third period and coming from behind is really good. It, does that stem from last year, Coach, uh, winning all those games in the Cup? And is it really an intangible something you really can't teach? Yeah, I don't believe you can teach it. You have to go through it. And our guys did, obviously, last year, uh, winning a lot of games down a stretch. And then in the playoffs, um, you know, they've learned. They've learned how to win, and they don't panic. They don't, uh, you know, they don't, um, you know, like, get all up up frustrate I guess frustrated is more than anything when they're not things aren't going well they're not scoring they just stay with it and you know in the end they can still get it done you know and and that's what you know I we went going back to last year we had to teach that and you know instill that in our team coach obviously as defending champions a lot of teams circle the game against the Blues on their calendar as as a game that they really want to obviously play well and, and measure up against your club. Do you feel like you're getting the opponent's best every night? Yeah, it's been tough. I mean, I, don't, I haven't. There hasn't been too many easy games, and um, you know, whether teams and and at the bottom of the league or the top, the games have been hard and difficult. And um, I believe that you know when we when we play an opponent, they're the coach is really dialing them in about us, you know, so it's it's good, though, because we need that, and it's, it's good that we have that competition. Yeah, no question. All right, Craig Bruby, let's talk briefly about the last couple of games since our last show, a 4-3 overtime loss against the Flyers. Um, you got a point in that game, trailing 3-1. Uh, I know it ended your nine-game home winning streak, but I guess anytime you're down by two and you get at least a point, it's not the worst thing. Yeah, no, we came from behind in that game, um, <clears throat> switched some things up in the third period some lines and and put some combinations together and just kind of push there and guys came through and got a got a point it was a good job by them uh we didn't play our best game that night uh, i thought that the flyers played a heck of a game i thought there was no room out there and um you know they they capitalized on a couple goals there on us and uh, made a couple mistakes but we battled back and got a point so that was good and the last game, of course, uh, before the break was last Saturday in Colorado, a 5-3 loss. Uh, David Perron, Sunquist, Petrangelo with the goals. You know, looking at the numbers, Coach, you outshot the Avalanche 24-19. I would think it's disappointing to hold that team, a team with the skill they have, to 19 shots and not get a point. Oh, definitely. I thought we played a pretty good game. Um, you know, I was pretty happy with our game, but, you know, we, we a few mistakes and, uh, you know, just, you know, you, when you make a mistake against Colorado, they make you pay for it. You know, that's they're, they're that good. McKinnon especially. I think the last two games against uh, Colorado, we've let McKinnon um, have too much free space out there, and he, and he capitalized on us twice. Um, so we got to do a better job against him like we have in the past. And uh, that's all that was. I mean, I thought that um, we had a lot of good chances and to tie that game up or to to even keep the lead. You know, we made a bad, we made a mistake in the second period on that one goal. We had the game in control, and I thought that changed the momentum of the game. Coach, was that a tough game mentally for, for the players, knowing that the, the break was coming up and, you know, guys are thinking about maybe going on vacation and not playing hockey? Well, it definitely is. It always plays into it. But, again, our focus was good. I thought that uh, we came out in the first period. I thought we were 
we were dialed right in. And I, I, I thought we were going to be we were going to be fine, and we were. Um, our players they do a good job of that. They understand that uh, it was an important game. Um, you know that team's a good team, and they're right on our heels. So we played a, played a strong game. Just didn't get it done. All right, Craig Bruby, what did you do for the last week or so after the Colorado game? I went home back to uh, Philadelphia area and just spent time with my kids. So it was good to get a, get away and uh, be with them. As a coach, do you do you feel like you know? As a player, obviously, if you know physically, you get tired at some point in the season. But as a coach, do you do you need a mental break? Yeah, I think so. It's always good because if you don't, you're just always thinking about hockey, hockey, and you know you never you know you never get a break from it. And when I, when I you know I took this break, I went home. Hockey wasn't really on my mind for a few days, which is nice. Although you did get a nice award uh, representing the St. Louis Blues. Tell us about that one. Yeah, the sports writers of Philadelphia, they have a banquet every year and they hand out Team of the Year award. Uh, and it could be numerous, like they've numerous winners, you know, over the years, uh, not just in Philadelphia. It could be anywhere. It could be an amateur team. It could be anything. And uh, we, the St. Louis Blues, uh, they gave us an award for Team of the Year. So it was nice. It was nice honor. And uh, it was nice for me because obviously I, I played there and uh, coached there for a number of years to go back and accept that award for our team was awesome. Yeah, obviously it is. What's been the reaction, Coach, in Philadelphia regarding the championship? I know that people who know you obviously are happy for you, but, you know, Flyers fans probably don't really like when when they don't win a cup, and they haven't won one since 75. Uh, what's the reaction from the, the general fan on the street? Yeah, no, they're, I'm telling you what, they're, uh, you know, we, we're probably their uh, second favorite team, I would say. You know, it's just like they... They were honestly probably cheering for us when they weren't in it. Um, and I think, you know, part of it is the Gloria thing. But also, you know, we have guys, myself, Shen, guys that played there. And, and so there was something for, to cheer for, you know. Um, so, you know, the, the fans in Philadelphia are pretty pumped up for us. All right, Coach, let's talk more about the All-Star game. Of course, tonight it is the skills competition. Tomorrow night it's the game itself. Uh, as far as the skills, I guess there's really not a whole lot of coaching you have to do tonight. No, it's just watch and have fun. Uh, it'll, be, it'll, be, it'll be pretty cool to watch these guys perform and doing some of the things they do. So I think it's tonight you get out there and you just associate yourself with the players a little bit and have some fun. Any particular player that you really don't know that you really are... <clears throat> really looking forward to seeing and, and getting to know a little bit? Well, you know, a guy like McKinnon or Kane, uh, Patrick Kane, I don't know. Uh, really have never even met him, I don't think. So you just look at two players like that and how good they are. And, uh, they, you know, obviously Patrick Kane, the career he's had so far has been outstanding. So I'd be, it's really going to be uh, kind of cool to talk to those guys a little bit. Coach, obviously, as we know, um, hockey can be a tough business at times. You You have rivals you have playoff rivals you have players you don't like um how do the players get over perhaps any kind of personal vendetta they might have against another player and i guess even the same might hold uh, true with you as a coach well, uh, yeah it's different now uh i find that uh you know back when i played that might have been an issue a little bit but nowadays these guys are uh to be honest with you a lot of them are good friends you know and they know each other well um you know the nhlpa has brought that togetherness with the whole um you know group of players and uh so i don't think that uh, it's going to be an issue here they don't there's not much of a grudge with anybody 
But in the past, there might have been. All right, Coach, uh, we mentioned tonight the skills. Tomorrow night, the three-on-three. How much thought have you given to your your coaching responsibilities tomorrow night and, and how you might set your lineup and, and, and the players you might want to employ during the game? Um, <clears throat> not, a, not a ton, to be honest with you, but... I'll definitely put our guys together. It'll be kind of neat and and have them start. So, <clears throat> Bennington and that and Petro and uh, O'Reilly and Perron. So, you know that's definitely uh, you know something I'm going to do. Uh, I think it'll be kind of um, great for them, great for the fans. Everybody will like that. And then uh, you know I'll just kind of throw some lines together. I don't think it really matters that much to be honest with you. They're all good players and. They, they all have the capabilities of uh, playing together three on three. How cool is it for uh, Big Walt's kids, uh, both Brady and Matthew, to be selected to come to St. Louis this weekend? Yeah, it's great. Um, you know, I saw those guys last night, and uh, they're pretty pumped up. And, you know, just with everything, their dad and uh, being here in St. Louis and growing up here, it's awesome for them. What about the three-on-three format in the All-Star Game, Coach? It's been around for a few years. You, you feel it? Feel it's made the game more competitive? Well, you know, I think it's yeah. And I think you know, it, it ends games, which is what you want, right? Um, it's not the best in the world. I, I don't dislike it totally, but I, I mean, during the regular season, you know. You want your want you want a team to get a win, and that's what it does. It it definitely gets a win for a team. Um, it's a little unnerving at times, but uh, in the All Star Game, I think it's done a good job. You know, the the, the winning team um, gets money, so it's a little bit of motivation. I'm not sure how much, but a little bit uh, makes it a little bit more competitive. But it's hard to it's hard to have an All Star Game and be ultra competitive. It's never going to happen. All right, Craig Ruby, speaking of All-Stars, um, I asked you before we started this interview to pick your all-time All-Star team, uh, goalie, two defensemen, and three forwards. I know you've been involved in the game a long time. You love the game of hockey. So who would you pick as your six starting All-Stars? Well, in goalie, I'd put Marty Berdur in that. Um, on defense, Bobby Orr would be on one side, Nick Lindstrom on the other. And up front, I'd have Gretzky in the middle. Lemieux on right and Gordy Howe on left. I don't think you get a lot of argument from a lot of people. All right, that's that's awesome. All right, Craig Rui, let's talk briefly about uh, the Blues again coming out of the All-Star break. First of all, the health as far as Pareko, Sammy Blay. I know Tarasenko isn't going to be ready for, you know, at least a couple of months, but he is skating. So any update on those other two? Uh, Perenko should be a go. Uh, I think he's feeling really good, and he should be ready to go. And Sammy Blaze probably uh, pretty close to being ready to go. If not, like, I mean, I think he could probably play in Vancouver. We'll see how he's doing, but he's doing really well, and uh, he, could be a, he could be a player in Vancouver. That's awesome. Coach, uh, I mentioned the Blues right now in first place. Is there a fine line? I know you want to win every game. It's not possible, of course. And finish as high as, as you can. But is there a, a bit of a fine line between trying to finish as high as you can and not overusing your players in the last 35 games? Uh, yeah, for sure. I think, again, like going back to you know how long we played last year into june so it's still managing players managing workloads managing ice time uh that's all part of it that's all going to be part of it right down the stretch because we're going to need as much energy as possible later on coach you mentioned that you feel the blues have another level uh could you explain a little bit more by what you mean by that well i think going back to last year and um 
you know, when you're battling to get into playoffs and then you're in the playoffs, just how hard you play. You know, I, I don't find, I don't feel that we played that type of hockey yet this year. I think that uh, guys are just holding back a little bit. Um, it, and it, all it is is just being aggressive. It's being physical and, and hard to play against. Um, I think there's another level that we have yet that we can get to. All right, Coach, finally, the Blues in Vancouver on Monday. So coming out of the break, the guys, of course, will have not skated for, you know, roughly eight or nine days. Uh, you have one practice in Vancouver on Sunday afternoon. How challenging will that game be as your club kicks off a four-game road trip? Well, from an energy standpoint, it's not going to be challenging. Our The guys will have good energy, will have good legs. <clears throat> yeah, uh, but... You gotta, you know, your timing's gonna be off and the execution's not gonna be great in that game. So it's important that you take the simple approach to the game and not complicate it and, and play a simple game. That's really important. If you can do that, you're gonna have good legs, you're gonna have a lot of energy. You haven't played in a week, so haven't practiced in a week, you haven't done anything in a week. So <laughs> there'll be there'll be a lot of energy in that game. So it's just about managing, you know, your approach to the game. All right, should be a big road trip as the Blues begin their trip in Vancouver Monday, the first of four in a row on the road. Coach, thank you very much for your time tonight. Uh, have a lot of fun this weekend, and uh, good luck on Monday. Yeah, thank you very much, J.K. You too. All right, that's the head coach, Craig Berube, coming up next on Behind the Bench. We'll talk to one of his former players, a Stanley Cup champion, Chris Thorburn, is our, is our guest, coming up next right here on Behind the Bench. John Kelly back on Behind the Bench here on 101 ESPN, and pleased to be joined by Stanley Cup champion Chris Thorburn, who was in town for the alumni game. Chris, how does it feel to come back to St. Louis? I love it. I love it. Although it's snowing, which is crazy, <laughs> but uh, I'm from the north, so I, I appreciate the snow, but to come back to the city and uh, just for some uh, memories to come back full fold, it's, uh, it's special, and uh, to be a part of this uh, event is uh, something that, you know, my first one I'll never forget. Obviously, the, the first question is, what is Chris Thorborn doing now, now that you're no longer in the NHL? Yeah, pretty much a stay-at-home dad right now. Um, you know, I did the hunting and the fishing, but hunting season's over now. Uh, but nothing nothing really with much structure, just uh, helping the wife with the kid. My wife's pregnant, due in March, so we got a lot going on to keep my mind occupied, and uh, it's helped with the transition, to be quite honest. Yeah, well, congratulations on that. Uh, how hard was it to, to finally hang up the gear after a great career? Yeah, it, it took a, a little while. I think I was still in, uh, you know, I kept training just for, I don't know, it was just my, the mental part of it, but... Uh, it was easier than I thought it was, and I think it's just because of the support group that I have with uh, family and friends, and especially my wife and kids. Like uh, they've been, they've been so good for me, allowing me the the time I needed to kind of get over the fact that I wasn't playing anymore. So uh, it's it's been uh, it's been good, but now I'm starting to get the itch to get back in the game at some capacity. I, I enjoy it. for some reason. I don't really watch hockey when I played. But now I find myself watching so much hockey. I enjoy watching the skill, the speed, and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, at, at some point, hopefully soon, I get back in the game at some capacity. So what would that be? Would it be as a coach or a, a scout or a broadcaster? Or where, would we, where would you like to go? Uh, well, for me... I I enjoy, like, with my experience last year with being in San Antonio, working with uh, the prospects or the kids, or playing with them, really, or obviously, um, I enjoyed them asking me questions and trying to help them out, because I went through a lot throughout my career, on and off the ice, so, um, in a capacity like that, whether it's player development or, uh, 
more like a mentor role, so, something like that. Uh, coaching, maybe down the road, once the kids get a little bit older, you know, that might uh, that's something that would definitely in- intrigue me. But uh, right now, I think I want to use my my passion is in helping prospects get to the next level because I think that would uh, take a lot of uh, a lot of pride in that. Chris Thorburn, how cool was it to play in the game on Thursday night? when you had so many Hall of Famers either on the ice or behind the bench. Yeah, it was so cool. Uh, obviously, growing up, watching a lot of these guys and uh, idolizing some of them and uh, just to be able to be in the same locker room, listen to the stories. Like, the old school stories are the best. Like, I get dialed in and I just, you know, I shut my mouth and just open my ears and uh, I take it all in because it's, uh, it's a great experience and uh, I was honored to be a part of it. This was my first one and uh, hopefully there's many more, but uh, uh, the alumni from day one of n- not getting a contract, they brought me in and uh, took me under their wing and kind of made that transition uh, a little bit easier for me. Is there one guy, though, that you just sort of say, wow, it's really cool to meet you? Uh, I got to say everyone. I don't want to say names just because <laughs> I, I know You're I'm going nice to leave someone out, <laughs> you know, and uh, they all treat me with... Uh, they just treat me with respect, which is weird because uh, I grew up, like I said, idolizing these guys and um, tried to be like some of them. So for them uh, to be so nice and, and welcoming, it's, I'm definitely appreciative of it. Chris, uh, obviously you weren't around a lot last year during the regular season. You you rejoined the club late and were there for the run and the, the Stanley Cup and the parade and all that. Why do you think that team last year came together like it did in one? Yes, and like you said, I can't speak for much of it because I was here for the good times, to be quite honest. I mean, that was obvious. Uh, the team was riding a high, but from them to go from where they were to winning the Cup, um, I think there's just stuff throughout the season that brings you closer to it as a team, whether it's a team dinner or going out or just talking, you know, spending time together. I think they just kind of came together. It was them kind of against the world. Their back was against the wall, and um, the way they persevered is just, uh, it's inspirational. So to be a part of that, the way they took me in and uh, allowed me to be a part of it is, uh, I mean, I've said so many times, I'm so appreciative of it, and I will, I'll never forget it. What was the best moment for you? Oh, for me, there were so many cool moments. I mean, throughout the course of the playoffs, I mean, that Winnipeg series was uh, special for me just because there was, like, a lot of history as far as, you know, me being there and um, and, and obviously advancing by beating them. Uh, that was huge. And then uh, the way they presented me with the cup uh, was so cool. Uh, David Perron pushed me to the cup. Uh, and then getting it from Alexander Steen, uh, and that early, I mean, it just tells you what kind of group that is, and uh, like I said, something I'll never forget. I know my partner, Darren Pang, was at your cup party. Tell us about that. <laughs> yeah, Pang was there. Yeah. He actually should have won the part three challenge, but my dad <laughs> cheated. He kicked his ball closer, so uh, Pang ended up losing, but he had a nice shot. Um, but yeah, just uh, like I said, I was only here for two years, but it felt like 10, and the people I've met away from the rink, uh, and also like around the rink, it's just, there's relationships that'll last forever, and uh, the way they treated me as, uh, you know, me and my family is uh, something so special and we're so appreciative of it and uh, I I know I keep saying it, but I truly uh, am thankful. You know, Chris, I think people that grew up in St. Louis or have worked here a long time, uh, they know what a great sports town it was. Number one, what was your perception of St. Louis as a sports town before you got here two years ago and I assume it's changed? Uh, 100%. I mean, we came in from uh, the Illinois airport or the, the airport from Illinois so we come that way and all we see is like downtown uh, you know, not, not much going on and it was kind of like a place where 
I bring my hair dye and my buzzer and I do all my fixings of my hair and my beard and I have an early night. But then once we got here, I mean, it was just like a different world. Like we experienced uh, different neighborhoods and different areas and downtown became so much cooler because we were, we took the kids down to the water park or the water fountains downtown and uh, the arch and uh, knowing the city or getting to know the city, uh, it, like I said, it may, it, we were here for two years, but it felt like 10, you know what I mean? So, and then with the fans and the appreciation that they showed the team, even my first year here, we didn't make the playoffs, but they were always there. They always showed up. You could tell it was a sports town. And uh, it was just cool to be a part of. Are you enjoying your Stanley Cup ring? I love it. I love it. And we actually got like a miniature cup and uh, a miniature uh, Western Conference trophy that just came uh, about a week ago. And uh, it is super cool, man. It's like center stage of my house. And uh, uh, I, I touch it or I look at it at least once a day. It's 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 surreal, really. Yeah, good stuff. Hey, Chris Thurborn, great to see you and uh, continued uh Best of luck in your, on your new arrival and, and whenever that is, and uh, hopefully uh, things are great for you. Awesome. Thanks, J.K. Appreciate okay. it, man. That's Chris Thorborn, Stanley Cup champion from last year's Blues team. Much more after this on 101 ESPN. And welcome back behind the bench. John Kelly here with former Blues defenseman Jeff Brown. Back in town for the alumni game on Thursday night and, of course, all-star festivities. Jeff, how does it feel to get back on the blades as a Blue? Well, always great to see the guys eh, that you've played with uh, so many years ago. It's it's been a while now. '94, I left. So, geez, uh, it's quite a while ago. It's time flies, and but it's always nice to see some familiar faces. Any guys that uh, you've sort of lost touch with that you really enjoyed getting together with again? You know what, uh, Greg Adams, who I played with in the finals in '94 in Vancouver, that came to town. But uh, obviously, guys like Curtis Joseph, Bobby Basson, that was here, Garth Butcher, like those early '90s. Obviously, I see Chaser and Holly and those guys all the time. But to see those guys come in, it was nice. Yeah, those teams, Jeff, back in the early '90s, as you know, were were very good hockey teams. Uh, looking back, was there one thing or a couple things missing that did not allow you to get to the promised land? Yeah, they needed to give us another year together. <laughs> That's what happened. We, uh, you know, we just had, uh, we, were, we were right there. We had everything that uh, that you'd need to win. And uh, we just came up a little short a few years and they panicked. And the rest is basically history, I guess. We just, uh, everything blew up. And, uh, but a lot of guys went on and had great careers elsewhere. And it was too bad that we couldn't have done it here. Because, you know, to see what, what that team did last year to this city, uh, for us to have done that in the early 90s would have been pretty special. Yeah, were you around last spring? Uh, I think I saw you at a couple of playoff games, but uh, your thoughts on your former team winning the Cup? Well, another former uh, uh, Chief being a former teammate, really happy for him stepping in and really taking that team to the promised land. He, uh, you know, they were, uh, obviously, everybody knew uh, at Christmas and stuff, but, uh, you know, they just, they were four lines deep, and every every line, they just kept coming and kept coming. It was so much fun to be a part of, and then with, uh, with ownership uh, allowing the alumni to be a part of that parade and everything was pretty special. Was it better than you thought it would be, the parade? You know, absolutely. Like, it was uh, it was incredible, and we we always knew that this was an incredible hockey town. But boy, did it ever uh, show its face, I guess, during that uh, parade. Yeah, Jeff. I think we've all known people that have lived here, or as you, a former player, what a great sports town it is. But now, do you think because of the Winter Classic and the Stanley Cup, and now the All Star Weekend, that the hockey world really knows what a great hockey town and sports town this is? Well, I think like top to bottom, you look at the guys, the the kids that are coming out of this town now as far as hockey players
years, uh, winning the Stanley Cup, the Winter Classic, all the things that you talked about. I mean, we're we're there. We've arrived. And uh, you know, for those of you that, that didn't really think much of St. Louis years ago, I mean, this team is uh, and this and this city is is a hockey city for sure. And Jeff, finally, what does it say about you know the Blues organization and the alumni that? At the alumni game on Thursday night, the likes of Gretzky and and Pronger and McKinnis and Peter Stasny and the names go on and on. Yourself, of course, Cujo coming back. What does it say, though, about all these great players, some of the very best in the history of the game coming back for an alumni game and to spend the weekend in St. Louis? Well, I think it, it shows that this was one of the best places that they ever played, and uh, myself included. That's why I've put roots down here, and that's where all my kids grew up in this town. It's a great town to for families. It's a great sports town. And, uh, you know, it just shows with all the guys coming back and giving back to the community. It's uh, it's a pretty special place to be, a, be an alumni in. Jeff, it's always great to see you. Enjoy the weekend. Thanks, J.K. Okay, that is Jeff Brown, former Blue, our guest here on Behind the Bench. Pleased to be joined by the Red Baron, Red Berenson, in town for the alumni game on Thursday night and All-Star weekend. And, Red, I'll tell you what, at 80 years old, you can still get around out there. Did you have some fun on Thursday night? Yeah, we had a great time. And, you know, playing with all these younger guys was uplifting for me too and maybe for them too to know that hockey's a lifetime sport and we're not pros anymore uh, we don't train as much but uh, if you look after yourself you can still play red what do you think it says about the blues organization and the alumni that all of these great players a lot of hall of famers coming back for this weekend that was terrific you know whether it was the combination of the all-star weekend or the stanley cup championship last year uh, or just the feeling that the former players have for the city of st louis and uh, like we all did and, and so many former players retired here and and they coach their kids and other kids and look at all the st louis kids that are in the nhl and and our captain in michigan on our michigan hockey team is a st louis kid and Luke uh, Luke Martin, who was a solid kid developed in St. Louis and now is uh, drafted, and he's uh, one of our best players in in, uh, in Michigan. So it's just all over the map. St. Louis is better than uh, I think a lot of people expected. Right, of course, this is the third time the Blues will host an NHL All-Star game. The first time, 1970 at the old arena, Jacques Plante put on a big show. I know that the West lost that game, but what in particular do you remember about that game? Oh, geez, it was like it was like a power play against Plante, and uh, they were so good, the, the Eastern Conference, and we were all so impressed to be playing in an All-Star game at home, but uh, Jacques stood on his head. I remember they finally hit him in the, in the face mask with a shot and I think had put him out of the game but he was terrific and the fans were great I mean they got to see an NHL all-star game but uh, I think when they see this one it'll be better than ever the three-on-three format is so good and the skills contest is so good and entertaining and uh, more competitive than the old uh, format was I was going to ask you about the competitive level of the of the 70 game in particular I mean was it physical at all or how competitive was it well it was competitive because you know we wanted to we were on the expansion uh, version of the all-star game and so we had all the guys that really wanted to prove that they could 
play regular in the NHL, and and I think it was it was uh, competitive, it was emotional, it was. But they were they were just that much better. Red Berenson, uh, obviously, you spent a lot of time at Michigan. Retired now. Uh, what are you doing these days to to occupy your time and to keep busy? Well, that's a good question. I still have a kind of a part time position at the university athletic department. I still go to all the home hockey games. I still have the NHL uh, centerized package. I watch hockey every night, and I get to play a little more hockey uh, with the uh, Detroit Red Wing alumni and the Michigan alumni, and uh, and I get to watch my grandkids play hockey in the area. So we have two granddaughters and uh, one grandson within five miles of us, and we're enjoying uh, enjoying watching them. So hockey's still a big part of our life. I'm sure it is. And finally, Red, what did it mean to you um, watching from Michigan last year as your former team won the Stanley Cup? It was terrific. I mean, I can't, I, I could talk all night about that. I just thought it was great for the former players. It was great for all the fans that have ever supported the Blues. It's great for all the ownership and all the people that doubted the fact that uh, that you can win a Stanley Cup without having a dynasty or out having uh, a lot of free agents and, uh, and and you have a chance when you never give up. And I thought St. Louis just epitomized everything good about hockey. Because I know we were talking earlier, you were in St. Louis, as a matter of fact, last December, and they lost the tough game to Pittsburgh. Things were not looking good. Um, but I guess uh, it just goes to show you in sports, you just never know. You never know. You really never know. And, and you know, you were announcing the games, John. You watched them, and you, you could see them turn the corner. Uh, I didn't see anything when I was here in mid-December, but boy, a few weeks later, and I watched a lot as many games as I could on the NHL channel, and uh, did they ever turn the corner? And, and it wasn't a fluke, and obviously they're showing that this year. I mean, they're a competitive team. They're one of the top five or six teams in the NHL, again, and they're only halfway through the season, so good for them. Yeah, Red Barrett said, always great to see you. Thanks for stopping by and it was uh, fun to see you on the ice last night. Thank you, John. It's good to see you. Okay, that's the great Red Berenson, our guest here on Behind the Bench. Our guest is former Blues winger Bob Basson, who came in town for the alumni game and uh, see a lot of old friends. Must be fun to come back here, Bob. Yeah, this was was a really good night. Um, It reminded me how um, faithful and good the fans are here. You know, they, they they remember the past, and obviously they love, love their future team, and that showed last year, but, um, you know, the, not only the fans, but the organization, they um, they really celebrate the past, the history of the of the Blues, and, it, and it's, you know, the guys love that, too. They appreciate that. Bobby, when you, when you sit back and think about it, you know, all the great players that were either on the ice or in the crowd on Thursday night, the likes of Gretzky and, and Brett Hall and uh, Peter Stasny and Kronger and McInnes, and the, the names go on and on and on. Is it, is it, it must be pretty awesome to, to know that you wore the blue note with so many great players. Yeah, you know, like standing out here on the ice with all the guys that were not dressed on the bench, I kept looking for Gretz, man. The whole bench was full of, like, Hall of Famers and, and great players. So um, there's a lot of history, a lot of history and a lot of good history. And 
um, like I said before, it, it doesn't go unnoticed that they, they recognize that history, too. Like Chaser and, and all these guys, Bruce, they, they do such a good job of um, not only bringing us out, but then they, they make a point of thanking us for coming out. Um, I've learned a lot from, from those guys. Um, take it back home to, to where, I'm, where, I, where I do business, too. But uh, I love coming back here. Yeah, and, and the fans loved you when you played here in the early '90s. And you know, Bob, I you know I was here as an announcer at the time. I felt your club, especially in '91, was was a really strong team. Was there any one particular year or team that you felt could have won the cup? Well, the the year we won uh, was it that we won the President's Trophy, right? And then uh, we got beat. Who beat us in the first round? Or set, no, it's. The year <laughs> is this live? <laughs> no, it's not live. You can no. The you year can, that what was the year that Toronto beat us in the, the Toronto Toronto beat us. That was the year. Okay, right. Yeah, I, I wasn't around then, but I just remember so many great teams with yeah. Brett Hall and, and Oates, and then later on, you know, McInnes and Pronger. I mean, it really was amazing how many teams could have won the, yeah, the Stanley the, Cup. The year Toronto beat us in the. Um, uh, in the playoffs, I, I thought we had a really good chance. I mean, we had some really good teams. Um, but, it, it, I, as you know, it's a, it's sometimes just a, one game. It was game seven this year. They beat the Stars, and they went on, you guys went on to win. So Right. And, and, of course, you worked for the Dallas Stars. Uh, were you around in that series, and did you oh, see? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the, I, I thought uh, the Blues were a little bit bigger and heavier. Um, for a game seven, for seven games, and, and that made a difference. Uh, I was really impressed how hard they played for their coach. Um, you know, like, obviously there's a lot of skill in this league now, but those guys played hard for their coach, and it, I think it said a lot. You know what, I think I think that you would have liked playing for Craig Berube the way you played. Yeah, I, I know I would have. <laughs> yeah. I didn't like playing much against him, but uh, he, was, he was a tough hombre. Um, but I, I had a lot of respect for him, and I, I would have loved to play for him. Yeah, I'm sure. And, and Bobby, finally, you know, even though you work for Dallas and the Blues beat your team in the second round, um, I'm sure that some part of your heart was happy when the Blues won their first cup last year. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I was so happy. Uh, I've heard a lot of people said, say this, and I've heard it in the past years. Man, the Blues, they deserve a cup. They deserve a cup. And they really, they did, and they, and they got their cup and well deserved. I mean, um, like I, I said, I work for the Stars, so that the the game, the series against us was, um, I mean, it's tough because I I've got a lot of history here too. But then I work for the Stars, so that was that was tough. But once once they moved on, I was so happy for them, man. I pull in for them and real happy. Well, we're always happy to see you. I still remember uh, you back in the days of the Blues with Richie Sutter and uh, Dave Lowry and some of those other guys. I mean, you guys were hard workers. The fans loved you, and it's always great to see you. Yeah, thanks a lot. That's Bob Bassett, our guest here on Behind the Bench. A reminder, tonight's show has been brought to you by Boardwalk Hardwood Floors. Boardwalk has great floors for every home with better selection, better value, and the best service. Visit a showroom in Crestwood, Manchester, or St. Peter's, or online at boardwalkhardwood.com. Of course, tonight is a skills competition over at Enterprise Center. The game itself tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, and it can be heard right here on 101 ESPN. 
The game itself, 7 o'clock, and of course, Chris Kerber and Joe Micheletti with the call tomorrow night on 101 ESPN. As you probably know, this All-Star game is the third that will be played in St. Louis. The first game played in St. Louis back in 1970, the Blues' third year in existence. The East Division beat the West Division 4-1. to The MVP of that All-Star game was the great Bobby Hull, the Golden Jet, of course, the dad of longtime Blues winger Brad Hull. But perhaps from the Blues' perspective, the star of the game was Jacques Plante, the Hall of Fame goaltender, came in midway through the game and did did not allow a goal and was awesome for the West All-Stars as they fell again to the East 4-1. to one. The second All-Star game played in St. Louis was, of course, between the Wales Conference and the Campbell Conference. Again, the game at the old arena. And the Wales won 6-5 to five in overtime. And the MVP of that All-Star game was the great Mario Lemieux. He had three goals and three assists, six points, including the winner in overtime as the Wales team beat the Campbells 6-5. to five. From the Blues' perspective, of course, perhaps the uh, most incredible moment of the game was the moment of silence that they held before the game for the great Barkley Plager, the original Blue who passed away a couple of days before that 88 All-Star game and Barkley and Bob were to be the honorary captains in that game and of course as we said Barkley passed away and it was truly a touching tribute and a very poignant moment before the game in the 88 All-Star game. Again, we would like to thank all of our guests tonight um, on the show. We appreciate it very much. Chris Thorburn, of course, uh, the Stanley Cup winner of the St. Louis Blues last year. We want to thank the coach, Craig Berube, and the others who joined us tonight here on Behind the Bench. That is our show for this Friday night. It should be a great weekend in St. Louis. The skills competition tomorrow night, and again, the All-Star game tomorrow night. Again, that game can be heard right here on 101 ESPN. For Craig Berube and all our guest tonight. I'm John Kelly. Have a great night and have a great weekend here in St. Louis.